you're listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real-life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Welcome, welcome to the Real Talk SLP podcast. This is your host, Felice Clark, the Dabbling Speechy. Can you guys believe that it is April? It is April. I don't know where the year went. Um, I mean, we have two more months, at least for me, and then we're out for summer break. And I'm going to tell you that (laughs) I think it's April and I think I finally accepted that I am a teletherapist. I have been in denial all year, but that is what I am right now. Um, I guess I just always hoped that we would be going back to hybrid or, you know, or in person and and we haven't. And if you're new to following me within the last four or five years, my caseload has really just been narrowed and primarily focused on K2 students in self-contained classrooms with complex communication needs and doing teletherapy virtually with students with complex communication needs it's really hard. It's hard. And it's hard for a variety of reasons. It's hard because you have to figure out a flow. You have to figure out how to engage them over a computer screen and find the things that they like. And then it's even hard when you're like, oh, they have Chromebooks and you can't even give them mouse control. So it's, it's hard for just the technical parts of things, but then it's hard because it was hard in person to sometimes engage certain students. Um, and, and it was hard because every kid had their own unique, um, interests. They may be struggling with paying attention and transitioning. So trying to find ways to help them navigate their day. I mean, it, it was, and and sometimes some of my kids were working on building up their attention spans and being able to sit, sit or do the activity, the play activity and, and do something new and different. And so it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was, it's just different, um, in person versus teletherapy. And so, it wasn't until about December when I had, well, I had started using green screens back in probably like October or November and trying them out with Zoom because thankfully with Zoom, you don't necessarily need a, a green screen background. But in December, I, I realized like, we're probably not going to go back anytime soon and I need to set up my green screen <laughs> and and start trying using these more with students. And, and I have found that when I did use, when I do use these, um, in conjunction with talking with parents and finding out what my kids really, really like, um, I've been able to have some real good success using green screens. And I thought it'd be great to have Abby from Go Go Speech come on and talk about green screens with you and, and help navigate how you can use this as a tool to engage your students and work on goals. And you know me, I love engaging students. When the engagement increases, student participation increases, progress on goals is better. And we're all having a little bit more fun because we're, everybody's liking the activity, right? Your kids are excited and participating, right? When they don't participate, it feels like a dud. At least for me, it does. 
<laughs> and so I've had some real success with Abby's um, green screen activities and I wanted to have her come on. So I'm really excited for this interview because if you are virtual or you're even thinking about being a teletherapist for younger and older kids, um, green screens can be a great way to plan therapy. And so we're going to have her come on. So before we head to that interview, I wanted to tell you about my newest five-day Facebook challenge group. Um, I have been hosting these throughout the year. Um, we did an Osmo challenge. I've done a sensory bin challenge. I have done a Google slide challenge, and it is a 10-day group. Once you're in the group, we do a five-day challenge where I give you a little mini challenge each day to help you with achieving a goal by the end of the week. And then we do giveaways. I answer questions. I share about a topic. And by the end of the week, you've, you've, got, you've got the thing that you've been needing to do, like planning your own sensory bin or you have a Google slide presentation that you can use in therapy so and you've learned a new skill. So that's the idea behind the five-day challenge. It's taking away all those excuses of I don't have time or I'm overwhelmed or I don't know how to do this. And then by the end of the week, you're like, I can do this. And I learned something new and it wasn't too bad, right? <laughs> so this new five-day challenge Facebook group is going to be about conversation scripts. So if you have students that have autism and they're not engaging in social conversation, this challenge is for you. Conversation scripts are, are an evidence-based practice for helping students with autism increase their participation in social communication. So if you are interested in that five-day challenge, it is happening April 12th to the 16th. And you can sign up now. So I will put the link in the show notes for you to sign up for the five-day conversation script challenge. I look forward to seeing you. I promise you will have fun and there's going to be goodies and giveaways. So come join me. All right. So let's head on over to my interview with Abby. <laughs> I am so excited to be introducing Abby Hickling to the show. She is going to be talking about green screen activities today and how SLPs can adapt these kinds of activities to increase engagement and have productive therapy sessions during teletherapy. So welcome, Abby. Thanks so much, Felice. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so before we jump into all things green screen activities and how to do these things, I need all the details like where do you work? What ages do you work with? What's your favorite color? Do you like chick flicks? <laughs> you know, I need the 411. Just kidding, but <laughs> I, I need an, uh, I'm kidding about the chick flicks, but you can totally tell me about those. Okay, all right. <laughs> so. So I'll start off. So I'm an SLP from upstate New York. I worked as a preschool teacher for about a year before starting grad school. And once I earned my master's, I started working in a private school for kids K through five with behavioral challenges. Um, I worked there for about three years. And uh, many of these kids were classified with emotional disturbance and ODD. And the majority of them lived in group homes in the area. And they just didn't really have those loving families. So it was really 
it was a challenging experience at times, but it was also really rewarding being that special person in their life, you know? So then I decided to open up my own private practice about a year and a half ago. And that was something that I've always wanted to do. And I just decided to make that jump at that time. And I work with a pretty wide range of kids from two to 16 right now. The majority are preschool age though. And I mostly work with speech sound disorders and early language and ASD. So with the private practice, everything was all feeling fairly stable. And then COVID hit, of course, and I had to figure out how to make teletherapy work and could find out a way to connect with my kids again and keep my families on board, really. So that's when I started creating a bunch of engaging green screen activities to use with my own clients. And this is where GoGo Speech started. So I was using it with my own clients and uh, really just seeing their engagement levels skyrocket. So, you know, seeing that success in my own sessions, I was like, hmm, maybe I can share this with some other SLPs and maybe help some other kids out. So I started to see a really great response sharing these activities. So everything has really evolved and I started illustrating all of the activities myself. And, you know, I've, I've always loved art and now I'm able to connect my love for art with my love for this field. So that's been really cool. So I think that's all. I think that covers everything about me there. Oh, and I think my favorite color is either pink or blue. That always changes. And I'm trying to think of my favorite chick flick. I haven't watched any chick flicks Hmm. in a while. I... I, I'm like obsessed with Hamilton right now. I probably watched it about 15 times since it came out. So that's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. But but yeah, I, I, I do. I like chick flicks, but I'm not like really obsessed with like one in particular. So I don't know. Do you have one? Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I feel like a chick. Fl-. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't watched chick. Fl- I've been watching The Office lately just because I need a little spark of laughter um, after... <laughs> A yeah. long day's work. <laughs> and surprisingly, I love musicals and I have not seen Hamilton. And I know it's so, I mean, you know, I always hear good things about it. I just haven't had a moment to actually like sit down and enjoy it in peace and quiet. And I think I'm just waiting for that moment because I don't know if you know this, but I have three kids and I work two days in the schools. I am now a teletherapist and I don't even know where, how I found you. I don't know <laughs> if I found you in the the green screen Facebook group, but then I mean, I was at my wits end, like, I don't know how to engage these kids. And I'm really good at this in person. (laughs) And so I started using some of your green screen activities. And yeah, I would say I'm a testament that engagement levels definitely skyrocketed. And so that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show, because uh, I thought, you know what, if I'm over here struggling to increase engagement, especially with my younger kids and my kids that are have autism and my emergent communicators that are using AAC devices and stuff. I know I'm not the only SLP out there that's, you know, feeling, feeling a little lost or what to do. And it is, it's a long day Mm -hmm. on a screen when nobody's, (laughs) nobody's liking what you have. (laughs) And yeah, so it's, it's, I'm so glad you're coming on now. One quick question before we move on. Do, do you, do you have an office where you're doing your, your private practice or were you typically just going to people's houses before COVID? 
I have an office. Yeah. So yeah. So all of my kids would come. I, I did have a teletherapy option, but no one really opted for that before COVID. So I was seeing all of my kids in person there. So yeah, it was definitely just a huge shift going from that in-person play. It, it's, you just lose that connection and, and it's frustrating. Like it's so, like you said, it's such a long day too. And you know, the parents are, are stressed out trying to get their kids to attend to the screen. And, and it's it's so, it can be so hard. And I totally get that. And, you know, I see, I think I see people complain about it all the time in the Facebook groups about <laughs> online, you know, virtual therapy, and they're just trying to survive through the week. And, you know, I, I just want to tell them, just try my activities. But, you know, it can, some, some activities can really make a difference, can really, really help out those really hard to engage kids. Yes. And this is not hating on teletherapy at all. Cause I have no. a few older kids <laughs> where I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. I can see we're making some progress, but there are certain kids on my caseload where like, and it, and it isn't even just one kid. It'll be one kid did really great. Now the next group is struggling and then it can change week by week. So you're not, for me, per, my, my caseload is kindergarten to second grade, more complex communication needs. So it's definitely, that, that's the struggle. And I was already having those struggles in person, but like I, like we all know, we, we, we know where we have our tricks, have control over what they have on their end of the screen. Or I mean, we, you know, in person, we have control over the things that they have and over the screen, we don't always have that control or I have parents that are working during the day. And so they get the kid on and then they go back to work. So yeah, uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're in a tough place and we're all trying to do the best we can. And so this is the right. part of the show when we segue into sharing a little song that relates to our topic of discussion. And I would love to know what song you would sing after a really engaging session using a green screen activity with your clients. Okay, so so my kids have been doing really, really well in their sessions, so I'm going to have to go with Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake, <laughs> because it's really just the best feeling when a session's over and the child doesn't even want to leave because they're having so much fun, and then you can get a chance to get them all pumped up about the next session and what you're going to do next time and keep going through the story or see what's next, and so everyone leaves happy, the parents are happy, and you just you yourself feel so confident as a clinician, knowing that you did awesome work and, you know, you were able to keep the kid engaged and everyone is, you know, it's just positive vibes at the end. I love your song choice for that. Cause that definitely <laughs> is the song like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <pumps> me up. <laughs> for myself, I felt like I, I probably took a less positive song, maybe, I don't know. But for me, the song <laughs> that keeps coming to mind is the song Tricky by Run DMC, because <laughs> honestly, engaging this, my kids is very, very tricky. And I have to have a lot of things in my tool bags because <laughs> it's just... <laughs> super tricky because sometimes they like it, sometimes they don't. And, mm -hmm. and that's really, like I said, how I started using green screen activities. Once I realized, and you'll probably go into this a little bit, I'm on zoom. So technically I don't even, I, ha I haven't even put up a green screen. I don't, I'm sure you probably do put up a green screen. I'm, sh I, I'm pretty sure it would do better. But at this point, when I j first started, I just put the backgrounds up and 
started using them. And then now I'm even using them as the PowerPoint and then screen mm-hmm. sharing. But I just needed to try something new because I had, I'd run out of everything. And, and, yeah. and even now I kind of save your green screens as a, it, have you ever seen the movie um, as good as it gets where uh, Jack Nicholson's in the car ride with the, with the, Helen Hunt and I forget the other guy's name and he's got all of his CD mixes ready for the road trip that they're going to take. I don't know. Have you seen that movie? No, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you haven't seen as good as it gets. Well, he has all these special like CDs that he's made and burned. This Mm -hmm. was back when that was a thing. And he pulled out the one that he's like for in case of an emergency and it was, or something, I can't remember the exact title but it was for like an awkward situation and like that's what I think of green screens like this is for in case of an emergency I know I have the first line of defense here with my google slides my boom cards my document camera and when all of this maybe doesn't work or I need something to end the session really well I'm always like pull out the green screen yeah no it's great to have those backup plans there you gotta have them lined up yeah so I'm sure a lot of SLPs are are either they've heard of green screens or they have no idea what it is. And so I think it would be great if you could just walk us through how to set up a green screen for teletherapy, how it works, just all the techie details for, for what to do to get started. All right. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a ton of information about this. So I'm going to try to make it, you know, as, as brief as I can and kind of uh, address those key points that might be good for all of you guys to hear right now. But Also, you know, you can head to my YouTube channel and check out my tutorial to get some more in-depth information here. But um, so I'm just going to do a little rundown on this. So green screen activities are essentially PowerPoints or a series of images that can be flipped through. And as you progress through them, you're going to be presenting a story or a game or an activity during your session. And what the green screen technology does is it projects the activities behind you as a background. So, so it's going to detect you in the picture and then replace what's behind you with this activity. So you might hang some green material behind you. So the technology can remove whatever's behind you and replace it with the background. So when you do this, it feels like you're bringing the activities to life. So the clinician's nice and big on the screen and can interact with the backgrounds and draw the kids in that way. Now, I think when a lot of people hear uh, the word green screen or think about virtual backgrounds, they might think it's too complicated for them. I find that um, that happens often where, where people think, oh, it's, it's too much for them to figure out. But I'm here today to tell you guys that it's actually... It's actually pretty easy. As long as you have the right steps, it's really easy to set up. And there's a lot of different ways to go about it, too. Cool. So, yeah. So so the one thing that you're definitely going to need is you're going to need a Zoom account. Now, I know a lot of people aren't able to use Zoom for their, like, in their district or their clinic. They might have a limitation where they're not able to use Zoom. But even if you're using a different platform, you can still use these virtual backgrounds and I'll I'll get into that in a, just a moment but Zoom is essentially just going to be the tool that you need it's it's going to act as a tool so that you can use those virtual backgrounds behind you so with all of my activities I provide two different two different file types so I provide a PowerPoint version and also the JPEG images version and that is because there's a couple different ways to get it set up in your Zoom 
So if you're going to go with the images route, what you're going to have to do is pull up your virtual background settings and you're going to be uploading the images to those settings in Zoom. So there's just going to be a whole library of your images there that you're going to be able to click through during the session. So a lot of people ask me how to flip through the images so quickly during your sessions to go from screen to screen, background to background to make the story progress. And it's not really a, a secret, but the, the tip for that is just keeping keeping that settings window up on your screen on the right side. And then you're going to have the the child's meeting video on the left side of your screen. So when you keep that up, then you can flip right through it. And then the other the other option is the PowerPoint version. And with the PowerPoint version, you're not going to have to go into your virtual background settings. All you have to do is click screen share and then you go advanced screen share and then share slides as virtual background. So that's pretty much the basic idea of how to get it set up, how to get those files loaded up into your Zoom to use as the virtual background. Now I'm trying to think. So for using with different backgrounds or with different platforms, all you're going to do is you're going to pull up the Zoom and get the Zoom meeting ready with just yourself in it and the virtual backgrounds behind you. Once that's set up, then you can open up whatever platform you're using. So maybe you're using Google Meet. So pull up your Google Meet with your child and then you can turn off the video on the Google Meet because they're not gonna have to see you on Google Meet. And then you're gonna click to screen share. When you screen share, you're gonna click the Zoom window. So you're essentially just sharing the Zoom window of you with the backgrounds behind you. So you'd be sharing that just like you'd be sharing any other game or activity on your computer. So it's really just, it, it's just one extra step to share it to another platform, but it's really a simple, a simple process there. So that's what I've been doing. I've been, I have a few kids that I do have to see on Google Meet. And it really is very a very simple process to do that. But I just actually recently upgraded to Zoom because the Zoom paid account because I just found out, which I don't know if any of you guys know, that Zoom is now HIPAA compliant with a, a lower price than what it, it used to be $200 a month, I think, for a HIPAA compliant version. Wow. So, yeah, which is just like not, you know, no one, that's not practical in any way for anyone. So now they have they they're offering a a Zoom or a, a HIPAA compliant account for one hundred fifty dollars a year. So I just upgraded. Nice. So yeah, I thought, thought that's good information. Yeah, but um, no, that is for private practice yeah. SLPs. Mm-hmm. I use Zoom. I liked that. You know, explain. I know a lot of people use Google Meet. So explaining that little hack, I think, takes away the barrier of feeling like ugh technology. It's just those little little things you have to do to tweak it. It can get really overwhelming and frustrating. I would definitely recommend everyone, if you're more of a visual person, go to Abby's YouTube because she's got lots of tutorials and she even does some of the activities with the green screens and walks you through like some of the ideas of what you can do with them. So if you're a visual person, I recommend it's it's go-go speech, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go go on YouTube. YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so just to recap, you can either use the Zoom with uploading the JPEG. So when you're doing that, if she has a PowerPoint with like 30 um, images, you're going to have 30 images in your background, right? 
And that's like, that's what she's saying to have your settings up so you can see which background's going to come next. And if you're feeling a little new, I would recommend my life was changed with the uh, monster go, go. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say maybe try that one. Cause that one's not super story based. Cause some of your green screens are mm-hmm. more like story based and you have to go kind of step-by-step with your slides. You can go back and forth with them, but the monster one is fun because you get to bop the monsters and you don't know where they're going to come. And you can't really screw it up because if you make one go away and you go to a different slide, it's, it's totally forgivable. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. We, we have different types of activities like that. So that's one of the, the interactive games. And, and, you know, like you said, it's not really a storyline you have to follow. So it is, uh, that is a good one to start off with. Any of the whacking games yeah. the kids really like. <laughs> yes. The turkey one. I got, yeah, I definitely built some rapport with one student and, and then that's all he wanted to do. And then, you know, I'm like, well, what about the task <laughs> cards or what about the books? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> cause you can't, they're very versatile. So they can be almost like a reinforcer, but you can also be very strategic about using them. And so my question is, and I've been doing this, do we need to have the green fabric up when we're using the green screen activities? Yeah, so you actually don't need to have the green fabric up. Uh, Zoom gives you an option to use it without the green fabric. So you would just go into those virtual background settings that I mentioned earlier, and you would just click. There's a box that says, I have a green screen, and you just uncheck that box. So it really, it, it uses, I think, a different technology to remove the background and replace it with the activities. So and that totally works. I, I always recommend this to people who want to just try it out and get started with it until they can get a green screen behind them. Or, you know, it may just be a, a simpler thing if, if, you know, putting a green screen behind you isn't really something you can do in whatever location you're doing your therapy in. It definitely works. But there are, there's some, there's some things like if you reach to the side, sometimes your arm might disappear, or your finger when you're pointing. Sometimes it's harder to hold things up like a visual card or something. I like to use those Biorum cards. So it's harder to get those to to be seen without it disappearing without the green screen behind me. I don't know. Have you had any issues with that, please? I would say the same. Like yeah. it's good enough beca- for what I need it for. But this is the real reason why I haven't even set up a green screen um, is because The wall where my computer is, is too far away. So I would have to, and I do have a green screen thing, but I, my husband would have to put it on like, you know, some hangers and stuff. And I'm just, I'm kind of lazy right now about it. Cause then I'm thinking, how am I going to store this and where am I going to put it? And I just haven't thought it through. And, and because it's been working with, without it, I just, (laughs) I'm like, it's going to work you know, yeah. making it work right now. So I def, yeah, I definitely one day just thought, okay, I'm going to try this. And I didn't have a green screen up. I did use zoom. So I think it's better quality than probably some of the other platforms. And mm-hmm. it, it, and then there's been days where I just put it up as a PowerPoint because with this, especially with the story ones that you have, because then the kid gets, the kids get to see the full screen and I don't have to duck out of the way to make sure they see it. But I, but I will say like sometimes moving out of the way you become this 
storyteller and you're, you know, you're kind of going, who am I? I'm like this ultra actress now <laughs> yeah. running around on the screen, jumping and you definitely but... some acting skills. <laughs> <with these. laughs> yes. So there's, I would say that when I use the backgrounds, it's more for like cause and effect, your cause and effect ones, the gamey mm-hmm. ones. And then sometimes I'll use like the dinosaur winter hunt i'll just share the powerpoint and so they have the whole screen and they get to see it so yeah i think yeah so either way it goes and it's all about just seeing what works for you and and i've even seen people use contact paper like green contact paper from their school put it on yeah. the board their you know their wall um so it doesn't have to be this fancy screen no, it doesn't. Yeah, I used a green plastic tablecloth from the dollar store for the first couple months that I did green screen activities. So and that worked just fine. It was a little bit shiny. So sometimes when the light hit it, it like made some like blur effect in the background. But for the most part, it works great. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I always tell people, uh, the picture doesn't have to be perfect for your kids. They're not even going to notice really, they're still going to love the activities and have fun with you either way. So, you know, you can use like I said, the green plastic tablecloth from the dollar store, you can use uh, just poster paper, construction paper, as long as the green, everything is the same shade of green behind you so that the technology can detect that color and remove it from your background. So yeah. would, what if we're wearing green that day? Would that be a no-no? That would be a no-no. Yep. <laughs> okay. <won't> work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll okay. disappear. You'll oh, okay. Disappear. Mm-hmm. You don't want to freak the kids out and be like, "Where is no, this?" Unless Marco? it's intentional, it might be intentional. I, so I use a, I have some extra green fabric that's the same color as my background, so I can cover myself up sometimes. So some of my activities allow you to do that, so you're like stuck in something. So. Okay. See, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Well, with the monster activity, you can fall into the hole. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. And then stick your head out. Yeah. So it looks like, (laughs) yeah, it looks like you fell into the hole. So just your head is showing and there's a hole like under you. Okay. I'm going to have to try this out. Do you demonstrate this on that video? I do. Yeah. Everything's demonstrated in the videos. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and watch that one. Because I haven't elevated myself to that expertise yet with the green screen. So I'm good. I'm ready to take some jumps and try some new things. But I would love it if you if if you could just share some of the benefits that you've been seeing using green screens in your teletherapy. And if you have found ways to adapt some of your activities for younger and older students to make it work for everyone. You're really able to use really engaging materials while also staying big on the screen. So, you know, sometimes, like I mentioned, with those really challenging kids, hard to engage kids, it it might be difficult to really draw them in and get their attention if you're sharing your screen and, you know, it, it makes the clinician much smaller in their view. So, you know, you're able to stay big on the screen and that benefits the session in in a whole lot of ways. But I think my favorite thing about it is you can go on all sorts of, of adventures. So it's really magical for the kids. You can really go anywhere. You can interact with characters. So, you know, in my games, you, you can bop characters or feed characters or whatever you do there. But you can also, in, in the stories, I have a lot of characters that you can use a lot of pragmatic social skills with. And it, it's really fun to greet and ask questions use lots of language all throughout. 
you know, you can pretend to manipulate things behind you and put things in a box or grab things off a shelf. So that's all really fun for the kids to to see you doing that and and they're prompting you to do all these things along the way. So having having yourself big on the screen also allows for a lot of really good social interactions which you can you can do during the activities while you're playing with the kids. And also, you know, you're you're shown very clearly because you're so big on the screen. So, you know, if you're playing a game with the kids and you want to model sounds throughout that game, you're able to do that easily because you're already big on the screen and they can see your mouth very clearly. So that's another another big benefit there. I would agree. So now for for using it with younger and older kids, I would say that it's a similar, you would present it in a, well, it wouldn't be presented in a similar way, but it's, it's a similar thing you're doing. So you're just going through an activity, telling a story or playing the game, but you're going to be focusing on the child's specific goals throughout. So your presentation of it definitely changes. For younger kids, you are going to be a lot more animated, probably. I use lots of gasps. So every time something pops up, what is that? And I try to bring them in that way. Sometimes I might just gasp and see if they'll look at me or like try to figure out what's going on. So it, it does spark a lot of language there. So the older kids, a lot of times they like to know how it works and they're really interested in the green screen. So sometimes I'll show them what it looks like. I'll turn the green screen off. They see my green material behind me. Which of course you can't do if you're not using the green material, but but you can you know kind of explain <laughs> how it works. But but a lot of the older kids like that. So you know, the oldest I have is 16. I, I have a few autistic middle schoolers who absolutely love my activities. They just crack up the whole time with it. So you know, I I don't think it, it's hard to say. Even a lot of people ask me what ages it's for. I generally say it's it's geared toward maybe preschool to fifth grade, but people are using them for all ages, really, even even some adults. Some some people have told me they're using it with some adults. So, you know, I, I always encourage people to just try it, even if they're a little hesitant to try it with some of their older kids, because they might end up loving it. I've gotten some really good responses from, from other SLPs using it. So, yeah. Well, that's good to know that older kids like it. I will say for myself, now, this is my challenge. I have a lot of autistic kids who are already heavy verbal. You know, if you verbal prompt them, they'll say whatever Mm -hmm. you want them to say. And now we're over a screen and I'm trying to help coach the parents to do wait time, to model. Let's see what they can say without prompting. So the green screens create this like a lot of pause time, like you said, with the gasping. And then you're able to also create, if you go through it a few times, I would say jotting down, like if you know you have certain, you know, speech sounds Mm -hmm. that you need to cover, like jot down some words that you can use, but then even going through it and thinking about like the the verbal speech routines that you can be modeling. And then the next time you use it, you can pause more and see if you'll get some novel utterances. And so that has been good Mm -hmm. for me because- it's been hard to model or to coach a parent when you're like sitting there across the screen and the kids not do saying anything. 
And you know, as the SLP, like, well, they probably don't think the boom cards are very interesting, (laughs) or they really don't want to hear a book across the screen or whatever it is I've planned. It's just, they're not interested in it. So they're really not motivated. And so when you actually get to see them a little bit more into something, you're going to start to see them, you know, responding without you prompting them. And then that kind of shows the parent like, oh, modeling does work. Pausing Mm -hmm. does work. And it's hard to model that when the kid, you're like, oh gosh, I could be nailing this in person, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, over the screen, it's a little, you just got to work around some of those roadblocks. And that's where green screens have really helped increase that engagement for that, for my students that, you know, struggle with generalizing their Mm -hmm. language into new activities. We've talked about how to set up a green screen activity. I think a lot of people are now intrigued and they're like, yes, I want to try these. I've been struggling in therapy. So now what tips can you give SLPs for using them and adapting them to cover a lot of goals to work on? Yeah, so you can adjust your presentation of any of these activities to address your kids' goals. So, you know, really whatever they're working on. Yeah, I've I've seen people like pulling up, you know, maybe an AAC board while they go through these activities and, you know, showing those core words throughout, prompting their kids to say certain sentences or phrases, uh, repetitive phrases along the way, jotting down, like you said, jotting down some words to focus on before you start that activity. Actually, members now have access to a whole chart of all the sound targets broken down by each sound for each activity. We're trying to get that out um, after each activity is released. So, you know, that's a really good resource that could be available too. So, you know, addressing these goals along the way is actually a pretty easy thing to do because the child is going to be so engaged. You know, you'll be able to change character names. I always recommend doing that. If if your child is working on a certain sound, then change that name to have that sound in it, because then you can get a ton of repetitions in during that session. So you might work on formulating sentences or certain grammar tasks, describing the scenes, identifying where characters are hiding to work on prepositions. Uh, you might, like I said, we were talking about core words. You can add those right to your own PowerPoints if you want or hold them up to the screen. I mentioned those Biorum cards. I use that along the way to, you know, elicit those speech sounds, labeling vocabulary. So, you know, there's there's just, there's so many ways to incorporate those into, into any of these activities. I definitely recommend being very silly and animated. So when things pop out, you scream a little bit and the kids think it's hilarious. When you fall in the hole in the monster game, <laughs> you act really helpless and... <laughs> The kid has to try to get you out and use whatever language, prompt them to use certain language to get you out of that hole. But like I said, my YouTube videos show all of these, all of these ideas. And, you know, I try to, I try to provide a lot of examples of of how to use that activity uh, for a lot of different goals. But, you know, there's also a ton other, a ton of other ways that you can, that you can target your goals. So I only provide a few examples and I always encourage people to do whatever it is that that's best for your child. So, you know, they're really adaptable. It's, it's really easy to, to really, you know, be flexible with the materials to, to get the most success out of your kids. Yes, I would agree with that. And you have a lot of the scenes set up so you can subtly 
you know, target things that you, you know, especially if you were to have a mixed group, like coming to mind is the dinosaur winter dinosaur hunt Mm -hmm. and the little boy has to get on his warm clothes. Well, he has, he has a backpack. So you're working on opening and closing. So there's a lot of little opportunities throughout the activity like that. So if you are the type of person that likes structure and order and taking data and having certain amount of trials, you're going to maybe struggle with, (laughs) I think the idea of doing a little bit of therapy with this manner because you are kind of going back and forth. Like you might hit open and close in the beginning and then you're going to hit some <laughs> other things and then you're going to go back to open and close. So I wouldn't necessarily try to take data Yeah, no, during the activity. I'm so like, I, I am not that type of person. I like to be very <laughs> like, you know, on the spot, very flexible throughout the whole thing. But there are a lot of people who are also, you know, I need I need to know which data to take. So, yes, so that is that's where those that's where those charts came about. So I had one of my members actually helping me create those. Each activity has a, a Google sheet that goes along with it, and it breaks down. And I only mentioned those speech sound targets, but also language targets as well. So if you are one of those hardcore data takers, that that will help you a lot. That's going to be a really great resource for you. So you know exactly, you know, what what to look for, what to mark down. So yeah, that, that should be helpful there. Well, that sounds awesome. And I would say too, like, the first time you're using these, you're getting the buy-in. So you're going to do these with the kids. You got to show them like these things are cool. So you're going to use them in your session to build rapport and trust and all that stuff. And like speech is fun virtually. And then the next time that's when you say, okay, we got to say our 10 speech words. And that's when you're going to take your data the first five Mm -hmm. minutes. And then you're going to do one of these activities knowing that you're going to get tons of trials or you're going to get lots of practice in and that that stress of feeling like you need the data is now out and you can focus right. on engaging your student and working on on therapy. So that's what I would suggest if you are if you have to take data or if you are a data type person where it it makes you twitch if you don't have it. I'm definitely probably like you Abby where it feels like we're playing virtually and and it's really fun. So if you guys don't know, GoGo Speech has a GoGo membership and it just launched when did you launch it? In December or January? January. Yep. Yep. Right after the new yeah. year. Yeah. So I want you to tell everyone, you know, how they can become a member, a little bit about what you've created and all that. I'll let you take it over from here. Yeah, so so the GoGo member membership is a one-time purchase that gives you access to all of the resources that I create for the entire year of 2021. So it will have anything that I created already since January and anything that I create until the end of December this year. And this year is actually different because we have anything I created in 2020 as well included in that since this is the first full year of GoGo Speech. So you'll have a digital library that you'll be able to log into whenever you want, and you get access to all of those materials. They're all downloadable materials, so you'll have them forever. And we also provide multi-user discounts too to clinics and, and districts with multiple SLPs who need licenses. So we have that option as well. Uh, so since these are downloadable materials, you can use them year after year, and we do illustrate and release them pretty much every week. So you'll get new activities released every month. 
You're also going to get access to some additional resources like those Google Sheets that I mentioned with all of all of those targets. They're essentially cheat sheets of, you know, what to take data on and what to look for during your sessions. There's also carryover activities as well that are available to all of the members. So these are these are kind of like they're more brief, but typically like the story in a PDF format, more condensed that you can send home with the kids. You can print it out if you're in person or you can email it to the parents for them to print out or just look through on their iPad or phone if they want. But it's really great for carryover and, you know, retelling the story, working on those sounds as you talk about it, because these are really stories that the kids just really enjoyed going through or their games that the kids just really loved. So you know, they really, they love talking about it or going and telling their teacher about it. Uh, it's just a really good opportunity for them to, to get more of their targets in, more of their sounds. So if anyone who isn't a member wants to purchase individual activities, you can find them on our website as well. You can subscribe to our mailing list to get a free activity too. Now, I did want to mention that if anyone listening to this episode today is interested in becoming a GoGo member and getting access to all of my activities, then you can use the code REALTALK to get 10% off of your membership. All right. So REALTALK would be in all caps? Yeah, we'll keep it all caps. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so if, you, <laughs> if you're interested and you're like, I need materials every month and I don't want to have to think about what I'm going to plan, I need this membership, you're going to go to gogospeech.com and then mm-hmm. when you check out with your year membership, you're going to just put the code in real talk, all caps, and get 10% off your membership. So for listening here, you're going to get 10% off and I know you won't be disappointed. I know that you do have a couple free green screen activities to try out. So if you're still on the fence, go get one of those free ones, try it out. And, uh, and I'm sure you're going to find a lot of success in your therapy room. Yeah. Yeah. So thank (laughs) you. Thank you, Abby, for coming on. I love sharing engaging therapy ideas for SLPs. So I knew I needed to have you come on and you were so helpful. Is there anything else? Oh, I know you mentioned there is a green, there's a Facebook green screen group. Are you admin on that group? Or are you just a part of that group? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not an admin for that group. I'm just a part of it. <laughs> yeah. That, that might be where I found you, or I don't even know where I, I think someone mentioned you in a different group. I don't remember, but that group a lot of people share ideas or they ask questions. And so it's, it's, if you search in Facebook green screen group, you will find, you know, lots of people who are using green screens to ask questions. And as always, you can go find Abby on Instagram at gogo speech and reach out to her that way as well. So again, everyone be the SLP that every kid wants to see and stay inspired until we talk next week. All right. Take care. Uh